Tonight's show, I bring in one of my good buddies, a former roommate who had to suffer through living with me for a portion of my crazy motorcycle life, Spencer Bloomer, who worked at JGRMX for a good portion of the time. He has some crazy stories about modifying frames for James Stewart, building mini bikes for Ricky Carmichael, and watching me ride off into the sunset with gas strapped to my waist. So here's the show. Welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. It's a, it's a Tuesday. I think it's February and it's early. It's, it's March. It's March. It's March 7th. Oh, wow. See what happens. You go to, you go to Baja for a week and time stops and everything changes. My name is Jimmy Lewis. I am the co-host of the show, not actually the host because I don't know why, um, but I have, I have a co-host guest uh, tonight, super special guest. This is the, mostly the reason we're on early, although I might start going to bed earlier too. I just think it's a good thing to do. Yeah, I go to bed fairly early. Right. Uh, I think I woke Matt up from his nap and said, you got to get here early today. I, I You did sound groggy. I have been having a hard time sleeping lately. Okay. Well, you can't play video games all night, Matt. This I don't. Bad. I don't play video games at all these days. Oh, you have a girlfriend now. Uh, I do not have a girlfriend. Okay. Anyways, my co my co-host, my guest, Spencer Bloomer. And uh Spencer is at JGR. He's been at JGR for a long, long time. They actually they stole you f- 2007. They stole you from Kawasaki. You still at Kawasaki. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and and how I know Spencer is he had the unfortunate experience of living with me for how many years? Four years or so? Yeah, Five years four. maybe? Oh, three or four maybe. Yeah, it was a little while. He was uh that's that's when you you stopped working up at WR and started working down at Team Green, correct? Yep. Traveled yeah, traveled the country in the uh the old Team Green box fan. Yeah. And so uh, Spencer helped me um, afford to live in beautiful Costa Mesa, California, because God knows I couldn't um, afford that myself. I managed to buy more house than I can afford, which today was probably one of the best decisions I ever made. My wife thinks it is because she still lives in that house. <laughs> and uh, But uh, I knew Spencer uh, from used to race against him out in the desert 250 expert class. He always had a really Sano bike and you did. And then, and my bikes were okay. <laughs> I didn't, I problem is I rode them too much. Yeah. You, you, you produced them. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then somehow, and I don't know how that happened. You started helping me out with seats. Like I think Dave, uh, started, um, I don't know if I was actually sponsored or just hooked me up with some different seat covers and stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was running those for a little bit. Yeah. We had Hamill and you and a few other guys out in the desert. Yeah. So that was when I, that was after I lost the KTM. So that would have been 92 ish, I think. So anyways, this show would not be possible with the help of a lot of our sponsors. We are brought to you by Yamaha. So blue crew, um, Matt, how was the YZ250FX racing in the desert this weekend? Oh, it was perfect. It was actually really fun. Great great bike. Uh, I think there's some things I would change if I was to go back and do that race again. Okay. 
but I was having a great time. Taco Moto, it's they're the sponsors of our segment. Uh, Spencer, I don't know if you're familiar with this. We do a segment called Roost or Endo. It's where we have people send us a picture of their bike. They're supposed to tell us your make and model, and then a description of the mod- modifications and and then we and then um, we uh, talk about it a little bit and we talk about how it makes us feel and you know it, whether good or bad or indifferent. And they're going for tonight. It's it's double or nothing night at Rooster Endo because usually it's a hundred dollar gift certificate from uh, Takamoto. Tonight it's two hundred dollars because we are so disappointed in last week's submissions. We banned them and just rolled the, the prize money over till tonight. So you have you have a lot of weight, $100 more weight than most co-hosts have on their shoulders. So Takamoto, find sponsors, go to takomoto.co. Um, double take mirrors. Uh, I've run those things on my bikes forever. Bulletproof Designs, they sponsor our product of the week. I got a super top secret product of the week. It's hidden here inside of this black bag. I'll tell you what it is. Seat Concepts. Makers of awesome seats. Man, I love my Tenere seat. Every time I sit down on it, which isn't very much, it isn't enough. Fast Company, of course, the Flex Handlebars. I just put like some of the brake, the rear brake spring majiggers on a couple of my KTM 500s. Pretty stoked. And uh, Trail Tech, of course, DDC and Climb. All great sponsors of this show. So without them, uh, this would not be possible. I always say support the people that support this sport and, of course, the show. And you can always support us a little bit more by clicking through our Amazon or Rocky Mountain ATV MC links in on our website is the easiest way to get it. And we get a little chunk, a little commission, and it helps pay for Matt's gas, I guess, barely. It pays for the gas. Pays for the gas. Okay, good. We're paying for the gas. So Spencer, how is life in, and you are in North Carolina, correct? South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. I moved, moved to South Carolina, um, end of last year with my wife. It disappeared. Oh, there you go. <clears throat> and, um, but I work in North Carolina right on the border. Okay. So I'm, I'm glad I wasn't totally confused by that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I go, I'm pretty sure that that operation is in North Carolina, but I knew it was kind of close. Yeah. So you went from a, a desert donkey to, uh, to a Trail. woods, woods type, something I'm not used to. Kind of like, remember, remember that trail we had in Gorman, the one that was in the Canyon that we weren't supposed to be riding in. Oh yeah. It's like that, right? No. Oh, come on. It's Remember a, the time we got your, we got your KX 500 all stuck down there. Oh yeah. That was, yeah, bad. it's like that, right? Oh yeah. Okay. That one. Now I know it's one you're talking about. Yeah. Where I got it buried. <laughs> it was, it was bad. It took six of us to get it unstuck. That was some gooey suction cuppy mud down there for sure. Um, and another thing that we might, touch touch on is um you were around when i was really into making all those riding videos yes and and i don't know if i ever showed showed you the helmet cam the the it was of that bell helmet cam matt you might have seen this it's got an aluminum box on the side of it Mm -hmm. and it's counterweighted with a big old lead ballast on the other side that we used to drop a high eight camera inside of oh really that's the stuff that spencer made he we would probably have, he probably saw me with a duct tape to the side of my helmet and he goes, I can fix that. 
And okay. next thing you know, something like like this would uh come out. That was that was the original like uh helmet cam stuff. It was well, we'd seen stuff in like on any Sunday where they did something just as stupid, right? Yeah. That's yeah, cool. it, my neck still hurts from that. <laughs> no kidding. But so Spencer was around like in a lot of our riding videos that I I literally just brought my VCR units over here to 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 prompt and I have all the I have all the stuff to be able to hook it up and show him some of those uh, horrible horrible riding videos we used to make that I can't show to public because we would get in trouble with uh content uh, violations uh copyright violations for music number 1 yep and and number 2 me and my friends did a lot of really stupid things that is recorded on video. And so not only is that good for me to have in my possession, it's really important that I don't let some of that get out of my possession. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, yeah, a lot of Thanksgiving trail ride videos that <laughs> will go down in history. <laughs> so I will show you that. So, uh, I think, do we, do we have questions from last week's show and stuff? No, we got them all. We got them all. Last week, yeah. Okay. But uh, those are all this week's. We have new questions. Yes. Yes. Okay. So the other thing we do on the show, Spencer, is we answer uh, viewer questions that come in. So if you're watching the show, listening to the show, whatever, if you, wherever you're at, mostly Facebook and or YouTube, yeah. if you type in the comments, the questions, uh, we take those and we put them on the next show if we don't get to them tonight. So do you get to, you get to see him on the, are you scrolling through on his thing or not really? No, no, he no. doesn't, he doesn't see that. He doesn't get to see him. So I just, we're going to have to, yeah. I just got to read him right off the uh, thing. Or are you going to read him off the sheet? Uh, I can read him off the sheet if you would like. Okay. So, okay. Are we going straight into questions? Then? Let's go, let's go straight into questions. Cause I'm sure it'll prompt up some, uh, some stories because I'll tell you if there's, if there's two more different people uh, in a lot of ways on this earth, it's me and Spencer. <laughs> you want to explain this? I think it's more me and Dave Osterman. We were more different. Uh, how could you? How could you be different than Dave? Like both of you guys seem to have very high quality I, standards. I guess personality. He is very, okay. very, very high strung. I'm chill. Yeah, yeah. I was, with but but how? Let's let's just say if we both ran out to the garage right now. And, and we took a picture, our garages would probably look very different. Uh, probably. Yeah. Well, I don't does, does yours look like a bomb exploded? No. And, and a motorcycle was left. And then I, I, cause that's, that's what mine looks like. Generally look like. Yeah. Yeah. Yours is probably meticulous. All the tools in your drawer are probably lined up in order. Yeah. I wish, but yeah. Uh. <laughs> I've gotten lazy so, so, my old age. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because because yeah, we're all that old. Are we really that old these days? Oh no. Okay, so let's go to our first question. All right. So the first question is going to come from Jim Bartell. Can mm. you discuss? Yeah, and mm -hmm. yep. So can you? Discuss? Yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, I know this guy too. Uh, I got a good leg workout with his bike the other day. Okay, so can you discuss the different choices for sensor location for the water temperature gauge? Uh, pros and cons of like radiator fin, cylinder bolt, water hose, etc. So, uh, so I, I'm, I guess 
he's talking about like different bikes or a lot of times when we were adding like a trail tech uh, Voyager or Voyager pro, you can put a temperature sensor in, in line in the, in the radiator. I mean, in the old days, yeah, they had a, a thing you could clip onto the, to the cylinder fins or, or slide into the radiator fins. It's just, it depends on, on what you're really trying to, to determine. It's going to be kind of consistent, I think in that wherever your thing is, it's, going to be reading where that temperature is coming from i've actually done it where i had it had a temperature sensor going into the radiator and out of the radiator at one point so it was it was showing the temperature of the water that was coming out of the motor and temperature that was going into the motor uh to to just to see how how it was cooling what the difference was i'm actually pretty amazed uh at that and that was kind of done as part of a coolant test that we were uh, doing at one time but uh I don't know where Spencer, where do you think the best location would be? I would say coming out of the motor. Yeah. Would I be would good. So too. Yeah. And then, then, so, you, so that's ultimately how hot the, the motor is. And in reality, if you really want, if you're getting specific about this, if you want to, you know, really understand you would have both coolant temperature and engine oil temperature. Cause I think the engine oil temperature would kind of give you a, a kind of a better idea what the inside of your engine is doing. Cause I've seen bikes that have a pretty low coolant temperature in regards to how hot the oil was. Um, especially for riders that abuse clutches. Cause that's where I feel most of the uh, engine heat is uh, developed on a modern motorcycle for most riders. So uh, pros and cons. Uh, I don't, I think it, it depends on what you're trying to, to achieve in having them different locations, but uh cylinder bolt. <laughs> How long has it been since we used a cylinder bolt as a as a location for a heat sensor? But yeah, good. Uh so my follow-up question is uh did we ever figure out what happened to his bike? To Jim's bike? Yeah. So for context for our listeners, we were on a ride the other day, uh Jim and I, and we were in the middle of a canyon of a little wash you know, in a Canyon. So there wasn't a whole lot of wind flow and his bike was overheating. Uh, and then he stopped it. Like he turned it off. Nothing out of the ordinary, but then when he went to start again, nothing, just battery is dead. So here's, here's what, uh, here's what the end result was. He had a bad battery. Something went wrong in his battery and it just shorted out a, a cell or whatnot. Battery was zero. It was, it was intermittent. So it'd go from zero voltage to having some voltage. So something broke inside the battery. That was the end result of the problem. Uh, the reason it started overheating and Jim being a, 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 a worry wart, like that word, worry wart. <laughs> so, and by the way, Jim used to operate big giant cranes in New York city. So the ones that, you know, build the high skyscrapers and stuff like that, that were lifting heavy things um, all over the place. So I can understand why he has that thing. So, and he was just riding a KTM and his coolant level was probably exactly at the appropriate level. And when it got a little bit hot, cause the fan wasn't operating properly, mm-hmm. uh, that it, it spit a little bit of coolant out. And on KTMs, a lot of time the coolant goes right onto the exhaust header or someplace close and it makes steam and you smell it and you see it really quick. 
which is great. And it can do it for a long time before you're going to have any problems. But the strange thing is, is I also know that KTMs seem to just stop running when the batteries go dead. So it, I'm not really sure the timing on that or how that happened because he also felt like he said maybe his fan wasn't working or he didn't remember his fan working. Yeah, it, the bike was getting hot. Yeah. So he, needs to, he has recluse too, right? On that one, I believe so. So was he on his, and he was on his four stroke. Yeah, he's on his 500. 500. Actually, yeah. that one might not have had a re- recluse. No, it didn't. No, it does. It he did. has recluse on all his bikes, which is kind of strange that it was that it was getting that hot. But, I mean, in, in, with a recluse, it's hard to slip your clutch. Right. And it, and it wasn't a technical spot. Right. Well, a little technical, a little clutch slipping. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was a gear too high. Maybe the clutch was working so good he forgot to downshift. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I was having fun in that section. Spencer, have you ever run a recluse clutch? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah what, so you you know, you're you're an expert level rider. Um, they're for they're for old people and for bad riders, right? No, I think <laughs> I think any rider. I'm glad he said that. I think any good rider could benefit from it. I kept trying so, to start, put them on the truck for let's say a mud race or something for the on the JGR Max truck. We actually had yep. them for a while. We just didn't. Didn't use them, or it was a conflict with Henson and all that stuff. But we had them on there secretly in case we needed them for a mud race. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I. I. I mean, it, it, did did any of the riders ever test with them? Yeah. I think it was the in... second year. I'm trying to think who. Um, Cody Cooper, I think. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, I've, I was really hesitant to try them on a motocross bike. And then I think it was the 09 Honda 450 with the first year of the fuel injection was a little bit, a little bit prone to, to stalling. And so I said, ah, what the heck? I'll, I'll try one. In the beginning, I didn't like it because typical recluse, their, their, their engagement is set, uh, just a little bit high. And when, um, and then, so when you're coming into turns, especially on a motocross bike with the wheel hopping around in bumps and stuff, it would lock up and then freewheel. And then I started playing around with adjustment and, you know, generally a little bit higher idle speed would help. And a little bit lighter at the time, I think they might still might've been, no, it was probably a wedge one. I'm trying to think it was all the, the old, uh, one with the balls in it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, we got the ones with the wedge. You know, kind of was a traditional clutch type because the balls were just that. That was way too. That wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, the, the balls bike. actually, the balls actually have the smoothest engagement, but they don't. They don't ramp down as good. They didn't like the wedges. Seem like when you shut off the throttle, they they'll 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 come down and disengage. The the wedges in or the balls engage the clutch better. The wedges disengage the clutch better. So did they ever get that's it how, where you could bump start a bike? Um, on the hydraulic, yes, they did because you all you have to do is whether it's hydraulic clutch, you just take a four millimeter Allen and and back the what they call the free play gain adjuster out, and it it basically will take all the the free play out of it. And then the same thing with the cable clutches. If you get the the higher level recluse, I think even with the lower level one, you can always just completely unscrew the clutch and it'll collapse it back down and then you can get it to, to bump start. 
but you can't do so, it on the fly. Like say if you, you know, stall or something like in a mud race, could you? No, you would. Yeah, you would have to. You'd have to hit the. You'd have to hit the starter, electric starter, and or. But no, and there wasn't like you could set it up. I mean, you could make us something that would co- that would allow it to yeah. bump start like a little decomp lever. You could probably rig something up, but that's. I mean. It, the idea is that they don't. The idea is that they don't stall, but yeah. we all know that you turn the throttle at the wrong time with any clutch, any setup, it'll it'll stall. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So how do we how do we end up down that path? Oh, because Jim's bike. Oh, because Jim's bike's had a recluse in it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't can't. Remember. I don't even remember what we talked about in the show, and I have to do the 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 what we talked about in the show read when we end the show. Um. That's uh, how this works. Yeah. All right. So let's go on to the next question from Ken. How about how about go to Brenda Brenda Hansen's question uh, live? All right. So Brenda Hansen, do you think there will be an aftermarket retrofit fuel injection kit for carbureted two strokes like they have for classic cars coming out in the future? That's actually a really good question. Man, uh, the answer is could be, but your problem is a fuel pump. It'd be no problem to put like a throttle body that has an ejector in it, but you'd have to have an ignition that, you know, you'd have to have ignition. No, you know what? It's not, no, it won't happen because you need a crankcase pressure sensor. There, (laughs) there's a lot of stuff unless you want to start drilling holes in your. Well, and you would need a, I'm assuming you need a battery for the fuel pump as well. Battery for the fuel pump. But I was sitting there going, well, the tank, you can't just put it. You could put a whole fuel pump unit on it somehow, you know, and just gravity feed into the fuel pump. But now I start thinking about it, all the sensors that, that it would take you you would somehow have to get a crankcase pressure sensor in there which is probably not that easy so uh, yeah i don't think so I, I mean you'd think it would be easier with four strokes than than two strokes in all honesty because you don't need that that the crankcase pressure sensor you need a coolant temperature sensor ambient air pressure mm-hmm. and intake you know something that you put in the uh in the uh, air boot and then you would be good but huh i know a lot of bikes that like fuel injection imagine if i fuel injected by husaberg 650 <laughs> that'd be dangerous which wait, wait well i mean you have one in pieces right now so you i know i could you... start working on the kit yeah i mean i could just grab like ktm parts and start putting it on there no it has it has actually the one that i'm working on is an o2 and it has it has a, a, a sem ignition in it mm. so not a lot you can do there <laughs> right but you, you know what I you know what I picked up on my way home from Mexico, Spencer? What's that? Two Husaberg 650s. Wow. Like, were were like you here? around when I uh, an 02 and an 08? Were were you around when I when I was having uh my Husaberg uh well it's kind of continued, but when I had the Husaberg 650 around, were you around when that bike was floating around? Is that the one with the cylinder that's flipped upside down or something? No, that was the oh, that was the oh eight. I think we had one in oh six. Is uh, is when we had one at Dirt Rider. It was a long it was a long term test bike, and I know we took it out to the twenty four hour. And it's funny because so Ray Conway and I were talking about Husaberg six fifties a couple weeks ago, and literally the next day these two popped up for sale, and like the money pretty much left my wallet when I saw them, but then I went and rode it. I'd literally rode one of them down the street and just twisted the throttle one time and just said, Oh, it's a done deal. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're ticking. They're literally ticking time bombs. I mean, they're, they really? can't get parts for them. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, we put, I, I went back and read the dirt rider test and we put over 250 hours on the thing. And really the only thing that was wrong with it was the balance shaft, like it, it, the, the, the seal. Cause at the balance shaft and the water pump were on the same shaft and the seal had kind of galled into the shaft and it was leaking a little bit. That was really the only problem with our bike after 250, you know, hard hours. All we did with that bike, once we realized what it was good for, we were out of Jawbone Canyon any chance we could climbing every stinking hill known to man. It's the only bike that, and you know, you're a KX500 guy, so you, you kind of yeah. know the, the feeling of power. <laughs> Even on a KX500, you don't get to upshift on those hills. No. You kind of go into that hill and you're just, you're pinned. And if you make an upshift, it's just not going to pull it. Well, this bike pulls it. You make the shift and it pulls the next gear and she's like, holy crap. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I got, I got two of them. One of them's framed right now. I, I got, made sure the motor was good. Pull it out, and then I just now I'm going to sano everything up because the suspension actually worked amazingly well. I was kind of blown away, so I got to send that off and get that taken care of and just freshen it all up. But yeah, that's uh, that's where we're at. So uh, Brenda cannot ride four strokes because they sound funny. Is Brenda a girl or a guy? No, girl. It's a girl. Yeah, Brenda is going to be on Rooster Endo tonight. By oh, the way. she is. Brenda okay. has a chance for two hundred dollar gift certificate. That's good. Um, okay, next question, Matt. All right, Ken Heiss. I'm trying to avoid having the suspension revalve to eliminate the Explorer fork from diving down so much, especially when breaking downhill. I've increased the preload to plus three millimeters and two in on the compression for the fork and backed out on the compression, backed out the compression by two and the high speed by an eighth uh, on the shock to get more of a balanced feel. That was a, that was a run on sentence. <laughs> Curious if you have any basic setup settings that have worked for you in the past thanks for any help or insight you may have so ken has a um a 19 husky t e 510 is is what the bike is 501 F -E 501 five, yeah 501 <clears throat> so i remember i remember this and so he he's he's complaining about the 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 explore fork diving in the stroke under braking and so the one thing that the 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 Explore Fork is kind of known for being is, is a little bit on the springy side or it moves a lot. Um, it's funny because when you like read all the reviews and stuff, most of the guys that just complain about it because it's the WP Fork and Explore Fork and it's not cone valve and it's not fat. They, they complain, but they don't even know. They can't even describe what it's actually doing. And what it's doing is being really, really supple and really plush. Side effect of that is a fork that moves a lot. And, uh, and kind of dive. So he's done the right thing. And, and so he added a little bit of compression to the fork, took out some high speed compression, which lowers the effective ride height in the rear. And he sounds like a guy who's probably set his sag. So I'm going to give him that. And then, and then also, uh, backed out the compression in the rear. So in other words, he's trying to lower the rear to take some weight off of the front. He's having it dive, still feeling that it's diving. Uh, you know, I run this riding school, Matt. Yeah, yeah. So the first thing I want to do is I want to watch him ride because I'm 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 kind of afraid that he's not getting back when he's doing his braking, mm -hmm. or he's he's there. There could be some modification to the body because with the stock WP stuff, um, I don't I don't really experience it that much. Uh, I'm kind of okay with it. Then on the Explore Fork, and I don't specifically remember this on this bike. I thought that bike was actually pretty good because it's not the PDS. The PDS. The KTM ones 
tend to pitch a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little bit more of a problem. So I, I, I started thinking, and then I went, oh, I wonder if he's a really tall guy, you know, and maybe that could be affecting it, whatever. So if you don't want to revalve your suspension, here's the things in this order that I would do. Check your fork oil level. Because a lot of times those forks come like low, lower level, bring it up to the pretty close to the maximum they'll allow. And I, I don't remember, it's like 105 or 110 millimeters or something from the tops. That's with it all collapsed and everything out. That helps a ton. And, and it really helps with the bottoming. I, I complain more about the bottoming on those forks and adding that extra oil really does, uh, it holds them up and it does the, does the, uh, does the uh, bottoming. So the second thing that um, you can do is realize that the compression and rebound adjusters on that fork, and that's the fork that has compression on one side, a rebound on the other. Number one, those are kind of like, they're not really low speed adjusters. They're more of a mid speed where they affect it. So you can, you can actually be kind of aggressive with your settings and you're not going to feel it as much as the way the bike's going to react better than mm-hmm. it'll, than it'll like, like you'll there, the, the, the effect you'll get is more than what you feel. Like most people, like they turn their clickers and they want to feel something on the KTMs. You don't feel it. It just holds the bike up more. It gets a little bit stiffer, rides higher. So that's the thing. And the rebound on that particular bike affects the compression a lot. Um, not that you're going to feel it cause it's mid speed, but it does, the rebound does affect the compression uh, quite a bit on that bike. So a lot of times, especially on the fork, if you can get away with a little bit slower rebound, you can get a lot more compression. So maybe he was clicking the wrong, the wrong clicker. So those things, uh, in that order, uh, can help you, uh, quite a bit, but <laughs> you don't need a big revalve to fix this. Uh, actually a really simple revalve can fix it. And so I use, uh, my good buddy, George at ESP suspension. He's in Pasadena, uh, Montrose, California. Uh, he used to do my suspension way back when, uh, still, he's still the guy I take my stuff to, uh, when I'm just having stuff done, he has some really simple little stuff that he does internally, you know, some shims and he knows how to do this other thing that really helps in those explore forks is he puts additional compression adjuster in the in the rebound side of the fork so you get a compression adjuster down on the bottom of your of your fork leg and so this and all that can do if you just like if you just took it and popped it in it can only make it softer but if you pop that in there and you valve the other stack for stiffer then you have a lot more adjustability and it's it's like a hundred $150 mod or something like that if he's doing your suspension it's really not that much uh, but but well worth it. So, Ken, that's how you can fix it. You don't need to get any uh, any cone cone valves. Mm-hmm. I, I this is the setting. I actually I'm 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 taking a set down. I'm taking my Husaberg suspension to him because it just needs to be freshened up. I was blown away by how well that worked for an old bike. Actually, not even for an old bike, even for a new bike. It feels like that thing has 15 inches of rear wheel travel. It's crazy. And it probably does actually, <laughs> uh, but I'm taking a, a, one of the new 500s that I got. I'm taking it down there. And I'm going to have him do exactly what I just told you. Ask him for the Jimmy setting. So, okay. That makes sense, Spencer. 
Yep. No, it didn't. <laughs> you <laughs> lost me with all the. Uh, I don't know about the all that old uh, European stuff. Old European stuff. Like, what, you, what do you want? Like, do you want air? Yeah, WP. It's the simplest stuff out there. There's, there's sure open cartridge. I've never dealt with it though. Yeah, you want? What do you? Oh, I know you. You want so you want an air fork with three different Schrader valves on it, so you can adjust the crap out of everything, right? <laughs> yeah, because you you take the time and you'd have a settings chart and you'd do it. Yep. Who's the Who's the pickiest rider you ever worked with? <laughs> Probably James Stewart. James Stewart. Yeah. And and to give a little history, so you built Ricky Carmichael's works mini bikes yeah. back in the day. That was kind of your leap into the uh, race building stuff. So you've been around a little while here. Yeah. Little guy. And, uh, so what? What? <laughs> that guy. That guy was pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, so so actually, funny thing is, is you you've probably worked on most of the fastest modern day motocross riders bikes that we know of. Yeah. Never Jeremy McGrath though. Yeah. But he was kind of, he was kind of going, Yeah, he, he was, went. he was already, he was already, it's just like, yeah. Yeah. So he was kind of already rolling at that time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Ricky Carmichael and up through, you know, Stewart and, uh, you know, just all the, all the team green guys. And then obviously when on JGR, I mean, we've had so many riders, I can't even name them all just because we had fill in guys and guys getting hurt. And we always have someone, you know, we'd always have a replacement rider because we always had to have a guy on the track. Yeah. And uh, so what made James so hard to deal with? I mean, Part of it was, besides the besides the fact that he rode a motorcycle <laughs> faster than anybody else in the world. Yeah, like he was so mad that he couldn't go through whoops like insanely fast. I mean, to where you shouldn't be able to go that fast, but he wanted to go that fast. <laughs> so he'd set up his bike to go through the whoops insanely fast, but it wouldn't work anywhere else. So and then when we had him, we had unfortunately the you know, the first generation Yamaha um, perimeter frame, which was a struggle. So, oh, that bike was no, that bike was awesome. Bike of the year back then. I picked it. I like, I, I, I picked it like, like the, the magazine, the Dirt Rider magazine. Everybody rode that thing, loved that thing. And, and I, sure, it's, it wasn't perfect, but, and, and I, I can, I can kind of see maybe for top guys where there there would be a couple little issues, but for the regular guy, that was a that was a really good bike. But yeah. boy, did did Jody decide it wasn't the best thing? And after the first couple supercrosses, which I kind of remember, like Josh Grant and James Stewart and those guys running up front on that bike, correct? Josh Grant was good on that 09, which was the previous year. Oh, the previous one, yeah. right? So, but we just. I mean, we just struggled with, I think there was some flex issues and um, with that first generation um, perimeter frame. So, and I think it was only, you know, it was good, great for everyday riders, but for um, 
the top riders were they're putting so much load on it it would flex usually in um like g outs and landing table to table stuff like that or just transitions yeah, so, on supercross track yeah so super super high load that like like i said ordinary riders don't really um stress bikes that much so these guys and and I don't know if they can just describe it or they feel it, but well, they, they, but it doesn't lead to confidence. It's when it's when, and I know this from like, you know, older PDS bikes that would bottom out and they, they would always flex to one side because the shock was mounted off center and, and it would, it had a certain wind up to it, but <clears throat> I never really experienced it with, I don't know, almost any aluminum, really aluminum frame bike. I've it never really had, had that feeling, but, so you guys went to the effort of welding extra beams inside of there and stuff. Yeah. So with, with James, we were down hit testing. We did leave. We leave Charlotte. Um, let's see. Sunday night after the, you know, when we get back from the race, we drive all night, get to his house, eight thirty in the morning, test all day, and then load up and go back home. It's about an eight eight nine hour drive. And, uh, I mean, that was like almost every single weekend, just trying to get that bike better. So we, we ended up, um, it was a flex issue where, where in the transitions, we were thinking that the the, the frame was bowing out in those, uh, transitions or the, you know, the, the G outs uh, between the, you know, if he does like a, a triple quad or something, he's got to land and be super committed and high load on the bike. And it would just flex. It would just like the whole bike would just like go this way. And then the frame would flex out. So we put a bar in there from one head state to the other. I was machining this bar on his little cheesy lathe <laughs> and it worked, but it wouldn't turn. So then we, <laughs> when we tried, uh, um, these aluminum rods with elastomer, you know, just like on a mountain bike shock in the middle to where it could still have some, and we had different rigidity levels and, and, um, it was, I mean, he, I think he won the Oakland with that setup and, but we still had problems with it turning. So we had to work on that. <laughs> so. But yeah, it was, yeah, uh, it, I think, you know, and then, and then Yamaha eventually got involved. Initially, they were not happy with us doing that, but I think they got involved and, and they had a heim joint set up. They tried. And uh, I think it led to some of their future frame directions. So, yeah, and there's, there, there's, there's no doubt that when, you know, as much as, you know, mere mortals don't need to be paying attention too much to what the 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 guys at the races are doing because those bikes, as much as we there's a production rule, they're very very specialized and you know from you know offset steering head bearings and, oh, yeah. and just everything that they tune with the even to get different geometries, which is crazy. You know, to the all the moving around of foot pegs and and all this crazy stuff. It doesn't necessarily apply uh, otherwise, but there are times I think when you, you, you start getting a direction and this is, I think, you know, anytime and 
Yamaha was always really careful about making, you know, kind of frame changes and stuff. They do, they do stuff, but I mean, what other manufacturers would kind of really make leaps, Yamaha would take these, always take these little steps. And I think you can see it now. It's really paid off because they, they, I think they, they were a little slow to react in the beginning, but like everything else, it's like the bike that out of all the bikes, the bike that sits in the middle, the, the, you know, especially when you do all these quote shootouts and stuff, the bike that's the middle is the one that's going to win most of the time. And because they all have good motors and, and the Yamaha, the good thing about it with that tuning stuff you can do to it now, you can have any motor you want. So this chassis, all it has to do, they've always had decent suspension. And 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 I think, you know, when when KTM was doing something crazy, then Honda would do something crazy and Suzuki never changed. So Suzuki was always this sort of this anchor of, of, a, of a bike that was actually pretty good. And, you know, everything's kind of changed around the Yamaha as weird as it was with a backwards motor, it was really consistent. And, uh, yeah, I could see, you know, I could see where, you know, and, and when they start talking about torsional and longitudinal rigidity and all this stuff, it, it goes over my head, but when I ride it, I feel it. I mean, you feel it like right away. Yeah. Yeah, they they give, they like to give you percents and numbers and all this stuff, and you know this is X millimeters thinner, and we welded this here, and and you know, yeah. and then you see guys go and put different engine hangers on it. Yeah, I had like a cheat sheet where you know with these races at this angle, it would lower the bars this much, and you have to raise the bars to get everybody comfortable again. Because believe it or not, you know, when you rake it out drops the front so you have to compensate with higher bars and stuff like that different um, yeah, and, and and so these days you're working on nascar stuff yeah yes and what's your what's your primary job there what are you building um uh, pretty much any and every tool and um doodad that <laughs> that they request at the track. Um, I'm, I basically sit on a computer and, and do stuff CAD wise. And then um, I guess with my background, because I'm not an engineer, but I have a good mechanical. You, you, you just, you just play one in real life. Yeah. I have a good mechanical common sense, I guess you'd say. So I work with a bunch of engineers, but uh, I think my forte is, being able to work with the mechanics down there. They tell me what they need. I can kind of understand. I don't over-engineer it and then uh, try and get it built. And um, it seems to be working working out this weekend. I actually had a part on their cars for the first time that I was kind of nervous about because it's a NASCAR dictated that you can only make it out of plastic. So it's not rapid prototypes, but it was a clicker for, you know, when they throw a wrench in the back window at a pit stop, you know, I don't know if you watch NASCAR, yeah. but it's high, it's hydraulic now. So it's too easy to turn. So the guys couldn't tell whether they got a, a turn on it. So I made like a clicker. So, you know, like a suspension clicker, but it had to be yeah plastic. So <laughs> it was grown on a 3d printer. So, and they all survived this last week weekend. So I was happy about that. 
Yeah. So, so it's interesting. Spencer, I remember one day he came home from work, <clears throat> Kawasaki, and uh, he probably he probably had a like it probably wasn't a laptop. It was probably a desktop computer. And he showed me like this program that he was working with. It was like SolidWorks, but it was like eight bit. <laughs> You know, like you know, like vi- huh. video games. Yeah, it's like eight bit SolidWorks. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just I'm I'm making an analogy here, but that's like you found that when it was like brand new, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, just I was, mean I was just fooling around with it back then. Yeah, he was he was literally just fooling around with it, designing like wrenches and weird things, and and uh and you know roll you know seven or eight years later, Joe Gibbs Racing has this the most sano tool cart you've ever seen like at the races this thing and uh and I, you know, i'd seen him for a while you know because he moved away mm-hmm. hey spencer what 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 have you been up to he's like, <laughs> i was you know doing this or that you know and and, and I, I i made that and it just looks like kind of a tool cart until he takes you over and starts showing you that the to do the most super sano thing i ever you know like it's better than my garage <laughs> you know, it, it couldn't go in my garage because it'd be like that'd be like bringing kryptonite to superman's house uh-huh. yeah it'd be something like that dividers <laughs> yeah it was it was it was pretty cool so uh right on okay we have another question uh yeah so we'll go with rich uh millen okay or actually no we'll go to adam hansen uh, okay. speaking of Hoosberg, we already know how great the 570 is but what about the small displacement 70 degree bikes like the 390 and the 450 mm. Mm, they're good uh but the one thing about those bikes is they they the scale weight is pretty heavy mm-hmm. and the 450s okay they they actually had some 450s that that would run pretty good uh but they just because they don't have that little extra power which actually power on most bike really adds weight on the Husaberg the power actually makes them feel lighter on the on the on the 70 degree motors mm-hmm. so um they're 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 okay. The 390 is kind of fun, but feels kind of heavy. Got it. That's the uh, that's the answer. All right. So Kenny Brown was asking, how much better is two rim locks instead of one? If you're desert racing and you're going to get flat tires, it's really good. If you're super hauling ass, like dual sport applications or rally applications, and you want a balanced wheel, it's really good. Uh, but I. I stopped doing that um, when I stopped getting flat tires and I started running good tires and good tubes. I used to do it when I used to run IRC tires back in the day and I mm-hmm. was buying my tires and stuff. I started running two rim locks because I seemed like I got a flat tire almost every race. Uh, a, cer- a certain kid who used to be a co-host on the show definitely could have used two rim locks. Oh, this yeah. Last weekend. You beat him. I, I did beat him. Yeah. Yeah. He got a flat. So they don't ask you how, right? They just ask you when yeah. you finished. So actually, Spencer, I do have a question because this Rimlock question got me thinking. How come we haven't really seen any more advancements with mooses in motocross bikes? I mean, we ran mooses. We were one of the few teams that actually ran a, a front moose as well. Okay. Um, I mean, every motocross race we had, uh, front rear mooses. A lot of guys don't like the front because it's too dead, but mm-hmm. yeah. uh, we made them run it and just get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 
Sounds like yeah. how you learn how to do things around here. You just told to do it, right? Right. right. No explanation. Yeah, just just because like I. I hadn't heard if they, they had finally if they had become more mainstream to run mooses in like the the top level of super the, the problem is the problem is they have like Spencer said they have a weird feel a dead feel yeah, yeah. and they don't turn the same mm-hmm. and, and they they the, the tires tend to roll a little bit different than an than a pneumatic tire and I know Dunlop had those crescent mooses where you actually had a small tube inside of a inside of a moose and and uh, but. I mean, they're changing them all the time, so at least there's the consistency. It's not like it's it's wearing out. But I, I imagine if you get a guy that's super picky, that would that would be pretty tough. Um, also, they uh, I know that you know Doug. We had Doug working. Um, Doug, I can't think of his last name. You know the bridge sh- sh- uh, sh- uh, starts Schlepsky. Schlepsky. Yeah, well, <laughs> something like, like he, this. He was Bridgestone Doug. Then he became Pirelli Doug. Pirelli dug, yeah. Yeah. So he would um, measure because they shrink. Or they shrink? Yes. Yeah, they shrink. Yes, they shrink. They shrink. Yeah. So uh, the 450 mooses would get retired to 250 mooses and then eventually they throw them <laughs> away. So that's a, I think that was a key. To no, that's when they that's when they go to trail riding mooses. Yeah, so that was yeah. They should go to the tra- trail ride of the enduro guys. And then the enduro cross is is when it's really dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's when you're drilling holes through the middle of them yeah. and stuff. Jeez. So hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up on all you Instagrammers. If you want to keep watching the show or you're sick of it already, it doesn't matter. You can go over to our YouTube or our Facebook channel. So uh, we'll see you uh, out in the trail there. Okay. Cool. So, um, yeah. What was the next speed toad says, Never mind, My wife is listening. What did he was asking? What ne- next? What's the next bike he should buy? Uh, maybe I'm not really sure. I didn't see anything else from him in the chat. So let's go ahead and move on to the questions that were actually uh, submitted to us before. Which okay. Is, uh, Rich, Rich Millen. And I think he answered his question on email, but I think the audience would mind hearing this. So I'd like to make my CRF 450 RX easier to ride in the tight Northeastern terrain where I live. I have three ideas and I was wondering if you could provide input on which one or combination of the three would be the most beneficial. Option one is go up on the rear sprocket by one or two teeth to bring second gear down and avoid shifting in the first and the slow sections. Two, which is adding flywheel weight. Or three, go with a recluse full auto clutch. So um, it's it, so the whole recluse system, there's there's three different levels of clutches you can get for the Honda. The more money you spend, the better it's going to get. Be going all the way up to the full um, EXP, whatever, pro. I don't know what, what it is, but it, it allows the lever to still function properly. And the uh, and then you get the, the auto engagement and whatever, and that's really tunable. So you can kind of get it set up in between that and the idle speed. You can make it really work, and that will solve most of the problems especially just the the hit you can kind of take some of the hit that that motor has um, by setting it right in because it just slips a little bit longer and it allows you to ride the gear high without stalling so that's the that's the kind of uh, go-to on that i don't think that the uh the flywheel weights uh are are that effective on that bike for some reason it just never seemed like it was uh and then and then as far as like you know changing the gearing uh man i hate going into first gear and and 
you know, cause you're crossing neutral all the time. Yeah. And so I hate having to, having to do that, but I think the recluse clutch, you know, it's about a thousand bucks. You spend the thousand bucks and you're going to fix that. You're going to fix that problem. And then you're not going to have anything to do with your uh, left hand while you're riding. So you can wave at all the fans mm-hmm. when you're roosting. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So what does Josh want to know? He wants to go, uh, what, Hey Jamie, what would you recommend safety wiring on a bike? What, what would you recommend safety wiring on a bike or just what the race series rules require? That's a question for Spencer. I don't safety wire anything. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I safety, sometimes I safety wire my, um, on the KTMs, the brake uh, clip, the brake pin clips. I will actually make it so one of them can't come out without cl- cutting the safety wire. And then if it, and then if the other one comes out, it's at least dangling there. So you can, it's hooked to the wire that goes over there, but I don't think I safety wire anything else. What, did, what do they safety wire anymore on dirt bikes? I mean, really, um, the only thing we really used to safety wire was banjo bolts on the brakes, um, and grips really. Right. Yeah. Grips, grips are good to safety wire. I mean, I, I, I glue my grips on now, so it's not a, it, it doesn't seem to be an issue. I've never, I've never had, if I did it right, if I glued, glued the grips on right, they, they have to cut them off. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's the worst thing is having to take the grips off after you've glued, glued them on. So, yeah, I, and I don't know what, I mean, I don't know what race series rules require. I mean, I know road racing is a little bit different where they, want to do that but uh yeah loctite <laughs> if you're if you're worried <laughs> about it do we know what speed toad wanted no you have no idea no that just came out of nowhere just come out of nowhere yeah so let's go into sean elliott so is there any value in halfway through oil life laying the bike on its side removing the magnetic drain plug clean it and reinstall with a thorough clean magnet uh would the drain plug work work better uh, I, I, I think, I mean, if you're, <laughs> if your magnet is actually getting so clogged up that it's not working, because if you look at those magnets and, and this is on like the, the European bikes, they all have magnetic drain plugs. Like even the stuff that's attracted to the magnet, it it's magnetic now too. And it'll actually attract other stuff. And I've pulled out some pretty like long strings of, of stuff on those magnets. I mean, like, you know, double the length of that little magnet. I've pulled stuff out. Mm. Not on my bike, by the way, not on mine. (laughs) And so it was still doing its job. And you, you, a lot of, a lot of bikes, especially that have, you know, wet ignitions, there's that big magnet in there. That's also grabbing stuff too. So I don't, I don't, I think, you know, if you're doing your, engine oil with any regularity i don't think that's a i don't think that that's of any any use i don't believe what do you think spencer yeah we had them on the race bikes and uh, and, and it's, buy it's actually buy them from zip tie yeah yeah he makes he makes really sano stuff his little his little little trinkets that he sells yeah it's uh it's uh some good some good things um so have you have you ever seen? So there's this new thing. I'm, I'm actually testing it. It's in my bike that's coming back up from Mexico. Actually, it's back. It's in Vegas. My bike made it back from Mexico. 
there's it's like a it's like instead of an oil filter, it's a big giant magnet that goes inside of the oil filter. Have you ever seen those? Mm-hmm. I mean, we used so to I guess have, the, we used to have a, a magnet on the inside of our oil filter cover, but right. And a, so this is like a really it's a really strong magnet, and I guess it's a diff it's a couple different kinds of magnets, so they grab different types of pieces of metal. And it, it supposedly can completely replace a paper filter. Now, I i mean, paper filters have been in bikes forever and they've worked and there's there's no, re, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. But I'm testing this thing and I'm kind of monitoring what it pulls out. But on like in, when you're talking, you're talking about race bikes that are maintained all the time. Everything's done to the highest level and stuff. The magnet was it is was it in there? To show you the health of the motor to a certain extent or to show you when something's going wrong? Yeah, I think it was to show you if something went wrong. Right. And and maybe hopefully if just a little thing went wrong, it would stop it from going more wrong. Right. Yeah, because we would obviously there were certain time intervals we'd run a motor. So if it was showing some some wear, we'd cut it off shorter or something like that. Yeah. And that, that's what I always tell people, like that magnet is a sign of your engine's health. You know, take a look at that thing. You know, when you wipe it, smear it out and see if it just, you know, the brown stuff that just smears, the black stuff that just smears, you're fine. But if you got a couple chunks in there, time to investigate where that stuff come from. And even the same thing with the paper filters, I'll take them and I'll take the paper filter and slice it and cut it and just pull the pleats open and look to see because the aluminum doesn't stop on the magnet, the aluminum and and this is my Husaberg. My new Husaberg <laughs> had a lot of aluminum on the oil filter screen. And and also, and I, I pulled the paper. I'm like, oh, man, where is it coming from? So I started pulling the motor down, and it was the internal clutch basket. It's like one of the only aluminum things in there. I thought for sure that I was going to find a gear that was grinding on the, the cases, which are magnesium. Same stuff. <clears throat> but – uh I thought for sure I was going to find it, but I couldn't. And I just kept going. And I finally looked at the the metal um, drive plates on the aluminum thing. And kind of like the Japanese bikes where the basket is aluminum that those tend to wear. This is where I was getting my, uh, getting my metal from. So, you know, with all that power, you kind of come to expect, mm-hmm. expect this. So, uh, Okay. Anthony, I think it's time for a commercial break. Time for a commercial break? Yeah, and then we'll come right back and we'll get some more questions. Okay. Got to to thank our sponsors again. Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trailtech, Fast Company, Seat Concepts, Bulletproof Designs, and Double Take Mirrors. So with that, listen to these commercials and uh, enjoy the show. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, all of our Taco Moto Co. branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty. And we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. 
we test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and knows meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. And we are back. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Otherwise, Matt couldn't drive out here from Las Vegas. Couldn't pay him enough. One toilet flush south of... Uh West, Las Vegas. West of Vegas. Yeah. Well, water likes to flow south, I'm always told. <laughs> Actually, it depends on where you're at. You know, the most, one of the most confusing things is when I see water flowing north. Hmm. Just weird thing. I don't know yeah. why. Okay. Uh, so, we're, 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 we're getting close. Rooster Endo, brought to you by Taco Moto. Um, we, we have submissions. We have five brand have new five submissions. submissions. Do they follow the rules? Actually, all of them did. Oh, yeah. I was really impressed. Yeah, the, the these were all email submissions, and the and the people who send it via email, uh, eight times out of ten, they they're pretty good about it. Right, but the ones that come like when they say, "Can I DM you on the Twittergrams?" Uh, the DMs actually on Instagram and Facebook. Those ones tend to be pretty good too. Oh, it's the Facebook comments. Those ones Facebook are Facebook comments. Yeah, those ones are ugly. Isn't everybody that uses Facebook drunk? No, but they tend to be old. Okay, old. <laughs> oh, and old people can't follow instructions. Most of the time, they can. Matt. <laughs> uh, welcome back. We are with Spencer Bloomer, who unfortunately was my roommate back in the uh, 1990s. He yeah. taught me a thing or two. You know, I still have you. I still have your little uh, black little tray box of uh, little. Uh, impact driver bits and stuff. Oh, you can keep it. Yeah. They're, they, it's funny. Cause I think it was your throwaway ones, but you had some like uh, security Torx bits and a couple of a uh, uh, square fitting, just like it was all these weird things. And I can't tell you how many times that's got me out of a pick, pickle. So, <laughs> Hey, uh, what does Andy BJ want besides a BJ? Uh, Jimmy. Have you tried the 23 betas? The two strokes <clears throat> supposedly have a new cylinder porting and a new head. Also new KYB uh, shock. Uh, I have ridden one on a dry lake bed around a figure eight with a jump in the middle of it. Were you there for this? Yes, I actually came and partook on the figure eight with the little jump in it. Right. Um, so I can't say I've done a full test, but I probably have more information than 99% of the journalists that have ridden it based on that little... Uh, test. I don't know supposedly what they have, uh, but I will tell you that that particular bike uh, felt like it was smoother than the previous ones, which means it felt slower. And that's not a bad thing. It just, it was easier to get into the throttle. It didn't kind of, kind of have, it didn't have as like, as a kind of a pronounced of a hit so much so that I, that I, I pushed the the rain and shine button, you know, the ignition map thing to see if it came back alive because it was on the on the lower one. No, it was it. I'm now I'm getting confused because my Husaberg has a has a high and low. And the excuse me, 
that was my that was my uh my the, the get, frog in your throat the frog in my throat but i want to fill in the, the viewers with what's going on with my what i i got the wog down in uh down in uh mexico yeah i i let well so my let me finish this question <laughs> so i pushed the button on the beta and it had a completely distinctly different power band which i thought was really good because most of the European bikes, when you push the button high to low or, or rain to shine or whatever, you can't tell the difference. And it was good. Uh, so I, and, and that little one little jump on the, on the, uh, on the dry lake bed. And we're talking like a one foot mountain dirt that we were just hitting in the middle of a figure eight. Couldn't tell about the suspension. So I'd have to go ride it. But I'll tell you what, the kid that owns the bike uh, was really stoked on it and he made it look really good. So, uh, yeah. So back to, back to, so my, my, my co buddy, Mike Shirley, rally navigator, Mike Shirley shows up at my house. We hop in the truck for a five hour drive down to the border. And he goes, yeah, I went to a birthday party on Saturday night. And I think my friend got me sick. (laughs) So two days later I was saying, yeah. My buddy Mike hopped in the truck with me and I think he got me sick. Yeah. And then I, I recovered from it. I got done. And then I flew back up on a plane and I think it got me sick. So I'm just getting over. And plus I, I was I was smashing salt cedars with my tractor today. Yeah, that probably and, doesn't help either. And it did allergies. Yeah. So it's not like my cat came in here and kissed you. No, that that'd be bad. That'd be bad. <laughs> hey, you need a new producer. Spencer, you know I have a cat? You do. Yeah, I'm a cat yeah. person. You don't have dogs? Why? No, no. I, I, yeah, it seemed like a dog person. No, I, I have cat because I had mouse problem and the cat took care of it. And now uh, since so. she's killed killed anything within the vicinity, she has nothing to kill. So just she, she just hangs out with me all day. She's because, a retired life. <laughs> well, I no, she's she's waiting to kill me. That's what cats do. They like they if they could kill you, they would. And this one would. I think she's just sitting there, just waiting until I die so she can eat me and then uh you know it's that's the way that's the way a cat that's shows you they love you dogs if you die next to a dog they'll stay with you and they'll probably die with you the cat will eat you yes this is this is 100 percent true <laughs> i know i know this from my friend who gave me the cat who's a veterinarian and now i'm questioning that if she's my friend or not she just wants to see my cat murder me uh we'll have to discuss this at a different time uh we had a question up there oh, yeah we have a few actually uh, I do want to hear about the, the roommate situation from the nineties though, at some point. Uh, so yeah. Asher pet Petchigit. that is not American last name question. I have one bike, uh, but I ride both soft enduro and fast desert races. What is the best setup for the suspension? Is it better to special? Is it better to specialize to one side or set it up where it's just okay at both, but not good at either. Well, that's a, that's a rough question. <laughs> Uh, I would say have two suspension settings, right? And just cool. go. I mean, clicker, clickers are simple to turn. The reason they put the clickers on the bikes is so you can adjust the bike. You can you can personalize it. And if you, well, if you're like Spencer, you you would have a sheet with with your settings, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you you would do you you would do some testing. So I do testing, and then I just do it by feel. And I actually write on the shock with a with a felt tip pen because. When when we were doing stuff at the magazine, I'd let bikes go and they'd come back. And I needed to know where – we'd always write stock on it. 
And then I'd, I'd a lot of times I'd have a second setting where it was like, this is where we got to quote the ideal setting for a few, you know, majority of us, a few of us, however it works. Yeah. So if you're going to err on one side versus another, go with what I always say, safety, you know, something that, that provides, so which is generally a little bit stiffer. Soft is, you know, soft allows bikes to bottom. And then we get into that whole, like what they do when they bottom. <laughs> which is whether you bought them or they bought them or everybody bottoms and like good things don't happen. So, um, and if believe it or not, if you check your manual, a lot of times there's recommended settings for different things. Why do we keep getting those noises? What's going on there? It's just notifications. Notifications. Yep. Does anybody want to call in in the hot seats hotline? Seat concepts, hot seat hotline. It's just a click on the zoom meeting. Just click on the zoom meeting. Yeah. Yeah. There's no more calling. No one calling in. Well, nobody knows we're on this, the show. It's too early. Yep. All my friends are still at the bar. <laughs> yeah. Spencer's got to go to bed. He's got to get up at four o'clock in the morning and make clickers for NASCARs. <laughs> so, uh, but if I, I would say, you know, you got to test it, you know, f- go, go do your fast desert, come up with a setting, ride it around, get, you know, okay, I'm happy with this setting, write it down. And then, and then take that setting and go ride it on your kind of soft enduro, whatever, whatever that is and, and see how it works and then get a setting there. So start, make the faster one first, go to the the enduro one, get a setting and then write them down and see what the difference is and then put one in the middle and then go try both. This is what I would do if, if for some reason, because like ISD qualifiers back in my day, we would have like grass tracks which are motocross tests, grass tracks, and then terrain tests, which are like off-road. And you didn't necessarily have enough time to, to be able to be doing a lot of clicks. You could, you could do some stuff, but, um, so I try to find the one that was, and, and mine was like more towards the faster safety side is where my kind of setting was. But man, if I thought I could, you know, shave a few seconds off by, you know, very quickly taking some compression out of my shock to make everything a little bit more supple, I would, I would do it. So that's that's what I would do. That would that work? Would that work for you, Spencer? Okay. I just remember because it's been a while since I've ridden in the desert. I, I miss it, but uh, yeah, like it, it, you definitely want something to hold you up on those, you know, those coming up over rise and there's a big gold G out or something. <laughs> it's too soft. You're going to yep. be cartwheeling. Right. Yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, I always, you know, in my, in my racing, I always kind of tended to set my bike up for for a certain amount of safety, but not so much that it that the bike was like skittery or chattery or whatever. Because if it's if it doesn't get traction, then you're you know you then you can't slow down. It's my always thing. If it's going to be bouncing around, if your tires aren't on the ground, then you can't slow the damn bike down. So uh, that's that's there. What does John Brown want to know? John Brown. Jimmy, what's your opinion on fork air bleeders? Uh, every bike should have it, unless you have an air fork. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've seen some pretty crazy stuff these days, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, good, do, what do you want? A cat cam on the bike? Hey, she'll, she'll hop on the bike. She hangs, she sleeps teams. on, yeah, she sleeps on the seats all the time. So, yeah. If you follow my uh, if you follow me on Instagram, whenever I'm here for a private lesson, 
Uh, I will find her laying down on a motorcycle and I'll just post it on my store. You, you whore out my cat yep. for your Instagram. Yep. Yeah. Likes. Exactly. Whew. We're going to have to talk about that. She's not that cheap. Hey, don't worry. You get royalties. I'm pretty sure I was going to get, I was going to give Selma her own, uh, Instagram account, but then I realized I don't even post on my own. So, <laughs> uh, okay. Are we going to, are we going to work into this rooster endo thing? Uh, we can right now if you want. Okay. Rooster Endo is brought to you by Tacomoto. That's tacomoto.co. Give Taco Mike a call or a text or whatever. Tell him Dirt Bike Test sent you and buy lots of his stuff so he can keep sending us this little trinket of winning advice. Here we go. We're okay. going to get a picture. Yep. Spencer, so you're going to get to see it. Spencer should be able to see this. So, oh, yeah. Okay, that is. Well, Matt isn't very good with the computer, as you can tell. Well, when everyone sends me different file sizes, it's kind of hard to have it to just be That's super good. consistent. So, all right. So, this one is going to be from Connor Steele. This is a 2019 CRF 450 RX. What modifications are Michelin Moose's front and rear, a spare set of wheels for track riding, uh, STI tires, AHM suspension with Colton Udall, Udall Baja setting, AHM billet linkage for CRI450L headlight plastic with Baja Designs 450L headlight, all custom brackets to mount the headlight, rewound stator by Ricky Stator, BRP upper clamp, Scott's stabilizer, tusk braided front brake line off of the 250X to clear the headlight, source off-road wire harness for headlight, uh, Cherubis head guards, ODI lock on grips, ARC clutch perch, perch spelled P-U-R-C-H, by the way. Well, it's because it's a fish. Yeah. So is stock bars, IMS three-gallon tank with dry brake, moto cuts, graphics, Scott's get stock skid plate, DID ERV7 chain, dirt tricks 49-2 rear sprocket, recluse torque drive clutch, stock seat, Says you don't need stop, don't need uh, seat concepts if you stand. BRP chain guide, gusset and welded swing arm at chain guide brackets, stock pipe because like because bike makes plenty of power and hashtag kick stands are cool. Okay, I like I like most I like most of that. But I'm I'm, I'm Scott. Are you Colton Udall and why do you have his suspension? I mean, shouldn't you have Scott's suspension? Right. <laughs> That's like somebody saying, I want Jimmy Lewis suspension. <laughs> like, are you sure? Yeah. Um, what do you think, Spencer? You've Sorry. got a comment on these. You got a comment on these. Uh, what'd you have to do? Take a call over there? Yeah. Turn off your alarm clock. The, I love the headlight. <laughs> I don't know what kind of headlight that is, but I like it. It's a, what do you, what do you say? It's, it's a Baja Designs. Let me see here. But it's thrown into a, it's thrown into a, a, a stock headlight shell. Yeah. So it, it, he took oh, the really? headlight shell from the, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. The headlight shell is from a 450L and then he just threw the Baja Designs headlight in there. He did a lot of custom stuff to make that headlight uh, shell. Yeah. Like that's the kind of stuff that Moto Minded makes. They make, they make these insets and stuff, but I don't know if they do. I know they do a lot of KTM and Husky and gas gas stuff, but I'm not sure about the Honda stuff mm-hmm. but that's a, that's I like a this good bike. look yeah. uh i'm scared of the tires <laughs> personally <laughs> uh but uh i i have I, you know yeah we have a lot of conflicting uh sponsors there but i, I appreciate everybody uh helping helping out there he did recognize that seat concepts is a sponsor of the show yep i don't no, he, sit he down actually pays attention i don't sit down that much either and i really like him uh <laughs> so 
Yeah. Like he's got a, his bike on a bike stand instead of on the kickstand. For the photo. <laughs> For the photo. Yeah. It, it really yeah. adds to it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with roost on this one. I'm, I'm going to give it a roost. It's a roost for me as well. Yeah. Is that a rooster ended for you, Spencer? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Is that good? Roost, Ro- is, roost good. is good. Endo is bad. Okay, yeah. It's good. So it's roost. Yes. Yeah. All right. And and when you hear when guys like do the, the, the welding, the extra little bracket on the swing arm and stuff, that's that little bit of extra attention to detail that really uh, gives a bike, um, you know, some, you know, some mm-hmm. stuff. All right. Oh, of course. See what I mean by it's different sizes every time. So I always got to no, resize it. I don't see what you mean. Okay. It's, it's like you just push a button. All right. So 2022, this is from Leon McMillan. 2022 KTM 350 EXEF. ARC composite clutch and brake levers. Reflex headset mount bar guards. Imper- uh, Emperor bracing one-piece radiator guard. Molecule plastic skid plate. Guts racing low seat foam with stock blue KTM seat cover. Taco Moto items include a sim he- slim headlight slash control switch, billet engine oil cap, ATK magnetic oil filter, tidy tail light assembly, wraparound LED turn signals, billet fuel tank outlet, then back from not Taco Moto stuff, CP stainless fuel line with ki- uh, quick connect, a Golin fuel filter, STR G10 rear brake guard, STR fork bleeders, SKF fork mud scrapers, Dirt Tricks 13 tooth front sprocket and dome washer with Rinthal 48 tooth rear. ProTech lower, t- lower fork guards. Enduro Pro swing arm chain guide bolt protector. Enduro Pro front wheel bearing caps. Tusk rear wheel bearing caps. Bulletproof rear end adjusters with stainless bolts. I run the pre uh, forder it. Pre- Say it. Pro- Say it. Perforated. Per- perforated. <laughs> Air box cover when I ride. Non-dusty conditions. When you see the list being this compact as it is, it's, it's hard to read. You know, Current. we used to call this, we used to call this, Spencer, we used to call it roost endo or for sale because we <laughs> found that people were just like, they'd make their for sale list and yeah. they're going to sell their bike. They just sent it to us. The, the producer may or may not have sold a bike through this show. <laughs> yeah. It's Ricky Brabeck's done it too. He, every Twice. Time, every time Ricky puts a bike up here, he, he sells it. I'm like, what? He's all, yeah, it, it works. People see it and they call me. Yeah. They go, you want to sell that dude? And he's like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so currently running Tusk EMX 35 front and rear tires with stock rim locks. Uh, engine and ECU is all stock except for removing the e, uh, EVAP parts. Uh, suspension is 100% stock and some other miscellaneous items that he forgot to mention. I hope he punched out the little perf thing at the end of the muffler. That's the only thing I hope. And, it, and on this bike, I'm completely 100% sitting on the wall. And... I'm going to tell you why. I mean, it looks like a nice bike other than the low seat. Uh, has lots of, lots of stuff. Definitely some, you know, conflicting, uh, conflicting sponsors there. But did he use our, our, our uh, pass through when he ordered all of his Tusk stuff at Rocky Mountain? That's what I need to know. That's, uh. that's how I could determine whether this thing roosts or endos. Cause if he did, then it roosts. Mm-hmm. If he didn't, then it endos. Uh, this one is going to roost for me because he actually sent me a very detailed list. He actually had sub bullet points. Sub bullet points. Yeah. And yeah. you being a physicist, you like a lot of sub bullet points. I, I can appreciate when data is organized. <laughs> Spencer? I don't know. The low seat, being a seat guy, the low seat kills it for me. 
It looks like a dirt track. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, maybe he has short legs. What do you, you yeah. know, what he's, I like to, I just tell him, get your butt off the seat and put one foot down, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know what the criteria for Brewster. It's, it's, it's you, you, your criteria. You, you make the call. You're, you're the guy on the other end. Compared to the last bike, I think uh, this one's an endo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm undecided. Uh, do we, do we know if he's in the chat? No, I'm not seeing him in the chat. <clears throat> That's good. Cause, uh, cause yeah, then I'm going to go with the endo and totally tells me if he, I will rescind my endo and go with the roost. If we can figure out if he uh, used our link <laughs> and I, there's no way we can, there's no way we can figure it out, but like, boy, I just sure like to pump that up. And then if you are, you know, going for a future, uh, rooster endo submission and you, you know, you put that in there, we used your link. Uh, you know, it's good. Help us out. Yeah. Yeah. Please do. All right. Next up. She's in the chat. This is Brenda Hansen, a 1999 KTM 250 EXC recluse Z start per auto clutch. Wait, is that a, that's a 250, not a 200. Uh, this is what she told me. I would have said, look at that pipe. That pipe just screams 200, but maybe back in what year? 99, 99. I think maybe they were a little bit different because it does have the conventional forks. Mm hmm. So, yeah, okay. So, recluse Z-Start auto clutch, AJP left-hand rear brake with custom hose, G GPR stabilizer, FMF 909 bars, pivot pegs, KTM oversized radiators, KTM radiator braces, precision co concept suspension, KTM SX tank with a Cherubis plastics, Electron carb, 1352 gearing primary drive, Tuscan guards, E-Rider chain guide, Scott's rear, rear shark fin, Black XL rims, front Tusk Recon tire, rear Pirelli MT43 tire, tubeless with tire balls front and rear, V-Force 3 reed cage, Pro Circuit pipe, Moose pipe armor, Pro Circuit uh, 296 spark arrestor, Guts foam neutron seat cover, Tugger straps, fork brace summers racing components, aluminum skid plates, which is unknown, and dirt bike gear tool bag. Yeah, so this looks like Arizona. Looks like Arizona last week because the flowers are just coming out. What it looks like to me. Mm -hmm. She's that in makes, the chat. Makes me homesick. <laughs> uh, the desert. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Spence, you ever come out here? Hit me up. I mean, if you're ever ever no. going in and out of Vegas, let me know. I got. I got. You just bring. You just bring some gear. Yeah. And uh, we got we got dirt bikes going nuts out here. Uh, the fifty millimeter extreme forks. I remember I remember when there was a big debate over whether upside down was better and conventional and, and vice versa. I think that debate's been settled, huh? It seems like, yeah, there's been a consensus. <laughs> but because uh, I think the, the you know, when when the, with the whole upside down thing, it was a lot of it had to do with unsprung weight. You know, they wanted to get they wanted to get that the heavier stuff kind of connected to the. It, and it depends on which is heavier because the sliders used to be pretty heavy back in the days and vice versa. You know, they, they've managed to switch stuff around. But, uh, hmm, hmm. I'm, uh, for, for an old bike, and it's definitely a 250, it's funny. The pipe just just screams 200 because they, they, the 200 used to kind of squish down a lot like that. It seems like it's pretty well set up. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going roost on this one. I think somebody, you know, roost for me. Cause if you're yeah. keeping a bike for this long and you're still keeping it that clean, you obviously love it. 
Yeah. You're she's out there riding it. And she doesn't have a low seat on it either. No low seat. No. <laughs> no. I, it that this is a roost hard roost for me. Yeah. I I I'm going yeah, I'm going roost with this thing for sure. Organized list as well. Yeah. Organized list, yeah. It's good. I'll go with roost because it's a two stroke and the good scenery in the background. Good yeah, yeah. make it yeah. Spencer a flower, couple of little flowers. Yeah, I got a got a barrel will, cactus in the back. But I will say this week we've cactus. Gotten, We've gotten much better, uh, much better pictures submissions this week. Oh, well, last week was the worst ever. Is everybody's garage? Yep, and back this, of their truck, and everyone is now changed as uh, put more effort in. All right, hey, if you're from, if you're in the chat right now, uh, let us know where you're from because I'm always interested to see where people are kind of checking the show out. Especially mm-hmm. since we're kind of coming on early, um, I'm I'm expecting we might have a little bit more of a East Coast crowd. East Coast crowd, yeah, because we usually you know everybody's past their bedtime. Okay, this is from Kenny Brown. Okay, Kenny. Twenty twenty. I got some. I got some. I uh, got some stuff. Some takes. Twenty twenty two KTM five hundred EXCF Takamoto tuned Athena Git ECU with Wi Fi and traction control. Fastway end cap with ultra silent insert. Seat concept seat. A Cherby's full set of plastics from day zero. Haven't found graphics that speak to me yet. A Cherby's moto side covers. A Cherby skid plate. Recluse radius CX clutch. Tusk hand guards. Tusk rear rack. Tusk thin headlight switch housing. I really hope he also used our uh, affiliate link. Yeah. Double take mirrors. Uh, Amazon Bioco LED headlight. Much better than stock, but not $400. Polysport swing arm protector and a few other bits. Eastern Kentucky where the sticks turn into twigs. The sticks turn into twigs. Okay. So, so what's the, when I, when I, when we have our classes, Mm-hmm. And people are renting bikes and I pull them over. What's the one thing I, said, I tell them I that they can't is. do yeah. that they absolutely are not allowed to do with a KTM? And you're not, yeah, KTM especially. As soon as I saw this, I was like, oh. I'm going to go I'm gonna go off on it. Yeah. Yeah. I almost did. So. Uh, Kenny, I believe, is in the chat. Uh, yeah, he's, he's in the chat. Yeah, this is uh, not so, so I got a couple. I got a couple. So number one. So I tell people like. If you're on a KTM and you're the the first thing you do when you touch the bike is put the kickstand up. Yep. You do not under any circumstances. Josh is with us. Prop your wife up on top of your bike next to a swamp on a KTM kickstand because that bolt is made out of uh, uh, it's like tinfoil. (laughs) The kickstand is meant to maybe hold up the weight of the bike. And so I'm I'm kind of curious. Did she fall in? <laughs> and is the is the kickstand okay? Is the kickstand okay? Jeez, Matt. <laughs> no, it's that just, wasn't very nice. No, okay, okay. I did not like, mean it like that. It's just, <laughs> I, I have seen it. Oh, just seen the kickstand just bend. Go. Well, well, actually, no, the kickstand bolt. doesn't bend. The bolt just it's bends. that bolt. Yeah. And then and then your kickstand's rubbing on your swing arm for some strange reason. I, I actually like the graphics package he has because I have a K, KTM yeah. five hundred has the exact same graphics package as that one. It was a it was a six days. Mm-hmm. Then I turned it into exactly that with some nice Acherby's plastic. So, yeah. um, I'm, well, I I'm, mean, if you don't have sponsors, why do you need graphics? <laughs> right. Uh, we should get him some dirt bike test stickers. Oh, sure. Oh, definitely. Oh, uh, a hundred pounds. Yeah. Oh, she's only a hundred pounds. Okay. That, that, that's a hundred pounds too much. Yeah. I'm, and I'm not complaining about her weight. <laughs> no. <laughs> Any weight on that bike other than the bike. Is yeah. thing. I'm, I'm tripping over myself here. Cause now I know what I just implied, but no, it's, <laughs> If, if it's a 10 pound baby on it, you probably shouldn't even put it on the, on, the, on the bike. Yeah. Don't put your baby on your KTM either, especially next to a swamp. Yeah. What do you think they have in, where do you say, 
Where's Eastern it? Kentucky. Kentucky. What do you think they have in the swamp besides dead bodies of other girlfriends or wives that have fallen off the bike that he shot the pictures of? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> snakes. Oh, snakes. Swamp snakes. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> uh, I like the spike. I, there's effort put into the photo. Yes. Granted. Well, think about it. Like, yeah. Think about me trying to get Heather to do that. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah, I get I'd get beat up, I think his wife's obviously cool enough to sit on the bike. She would she would do it. But then then but she'd want to take the picture. That's the problem. She likes the camera. Yeah. Why don't you sit on your bikes like that? Well, she takes pictures of you. <laughs> Put on the Cherby sexy shirt and you pose. Like oh, that. wow. That's a good idea. Yeah. 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 Uh, hey, roost. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's a roost for me, but don't don't sit on the kickstand. With the yeah. Kickstand down. I, I, I almost just went nuts. Uh, she can swim. <laughs> yeah, but you misspelled it. <laughs> hey, the A is right next to the S on the keyboard. We can forgive them. Right. <laughs> it's a roost for me for sure. Yeah, roost. Check your kickstand bolt. <laughs> yeah, it's a reluctant oh, roost for us. me as well. A reluctant nice. roost. What's the reluctancy? Just the uh, kickstand and just uh, that gets the pose. Tor- the torch, tor- torturing your wife to sit on a motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, we we will we will pick on almost anything here. Yep. Yep. I think my favorite submission still is the guy who just photoshopped a model in. Oh, because he said you, we the week before you said we need models in, in these submissions. And yeah. Just photoshopped one in. All right. This is Jason Miller, a 2017 KTM 150 XCW, Ron Black cylinder head mod, Electron carb, D- Dalsagio. I pronounced that wrong. Mid valve in the fork. BDP radiator guards, enduro engineering skid plate, FMF turbine core, D803 rear tire. He calls it the original cheater. Mm-hmm. Psycho hand guards, Scott's steering dampener, and poor man's race numbers. <laughs> oh, this bike roosts for me. <laughs> it's an instant roost for me. Because of the race numbers? There's something about electrical tape on a number plate that just makes my heart happy. Oh, I, I think I, it's because I, my first and only ever motocross race, I had to do that. I've done, I've done that lots of times and... Um, it, the, 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 the shame you get from doing it, I still feel. <laughs> oh, it's not shame. It's, it, it's, it means either you were there last minute. So you're what did you run? what did you run for numbers this weekend? Uh, they actually had uh temporary number plates that they would just give you. Oh, okay. so I was number 1509 with a yellow sticker on it to mark my class. Intermediate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like middle of the road. Amateur or whatever. Amateur is what they called it uh, mm-hmm. at this organization. But I beat the two expert guys that have come in and co-hosted for us right mm-hmm. before. Yeah. One of them's wadded up and the other one doesn't know how to change a tire. Yep. That's just good. Good for them. As uh, you told me, you got to have the full program. You got to have the full program. I, I, uh, so he's right about that. The original, it actually, the original quote, the original cheater tire was the Pirelli MT 43. And, uh, then it was funny cause these older guys, well, actually, the Michelin. So maybe it was the Michelin trials tire, but then it threw knobs, and then they all started going to the Pirelli, and then Dunlop kind of came out. They had an 801, and the 801 was so much better than 803, but it also uh, started chucking knobs. So the 803 was kind of combat that, and it's it still does, believe it or not. So it's only 150. It's not going to go fast enough to throw the knobs off. Looks like a good trail riding bike. Is it a low seat? Do you say low seat or not? Uh, you didn't mention a low seat. I wonder if he has a disc prote- front disc protector. Spencer, what's your no, opinion I on can uh, see front it. disc protectors? 
I mean, we ran them. Just... Oh, but but you ran like nice carbon fiber or plastic yeah, yeah, shields. Yeah. I'm talking I'm talking about those those uh, those billet aluminum ones. By the way, uh, Bulletproof yeah. Designs does make a really nice front disc protector. Uh, you know you know whose front disc I was straightening out the other week. Oh, who's that? Uh, Logan's dad, Jimmy's. Oh, Jimmy Tyler's. Yeah, Jimmy Tyler's. I was I was out there with my crescent wrench getting that disc rotor straight because he had somehow dinged it. Uh, I told him, I said, maybe you should get a disc protector. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, boy. Huh? Yeah, th- this one roosts for me. I like 150s. Uh, I don't know if I like the 150 XCs just because I don't have any time on them, but I agree with the points that you're making. Uh, you, the, actually, the 200s probably. You, you didn't get... Uh, I got the 125 XC. Okay, that's right. And yeah, I, I know we I, had I really, one here for a while. I actually really like that bike. I oh, did the write up for that, and it was, it was a fun bike. Yeah, the 150 just has a little bit more torque, and mm-hmm. and uh, I, th- I think it's a much better bike. In all honesty, I think it than than the 125. Yeah, but is I agree that it's just from my experience with the 125. I don't think it's better than the 200. Mm, depends how fat you are. <laughs> if you're a small, if you're a small skinny guy. Uh, the 150s are pretty good, I think, yeah. but they just don't transition over to us, uh, larger folks. That's why they made fuel injected 300s that are light. <laughs> um, uh, roost. I'm going to go roost. I'm going to go, I'm going to be nice because you know what? The photo's good. He followed all the rules. It, it did everything. He did everything right. I'm, I'm, I'm liking it. I think it's a, I think it's a good bike and it took some balls to send that in. You could have Photoshopped out the, <laughs> the duct tape numbers. But uh, electrical tape numbers. No, no, keep them in. That's character. I, I, I mean, but you instead of just doing the straight cuts, can you think you could have floated a little bit, like actually curved the three? No, no, <laughs> don't try to stylize it. Just let it be what it is. Oh, come on, Spencer. You, if it's got to be jinky. It's, you okay, it. it's, it's electrical. A, no, it's definitely a roost. It's a roost because of the okay the the it looks like a fun bike to ride, and it's got a trial tire. I love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the. But if you were going to put four hundred three, you, your your four would have a little bit more of a okay. of a curve to it. And your three, I mean, even with electrical tape, you could probably pull this off, make it a little more Sano. Oh yeah, yeah. Do it. Okay, okay. But that's like trying to upgrade the suspension on the KLR. It's <laughs> it is it is electrical tape. It is supposed to look janky, and just embrace it. Be what it is. Don't try to stylize I guess, it. I guess it really depends on how much time you had. But at, don't put lipstick on a pig at the races. You know, to, to do this, you, you, if he did this the night before, I'm, I'm looking for some more curves in that three. I want it to, you know, and, and, and I'll tell you what, from somebody who's done this before, I not only would like throw the curves in with that electrical tape. And if you, if, you know, you warmed it up a little bit while you're doing it, you get those nice curves. You can actually take a razor blade and afterwards, like retrim a little bit mm-hmm. and, and make it really shapely. Like you could, you could do a double layer around the perimeter of the three in that middle thing. You could go, cut it down into a single side. Okay. One. But, but Jimmy, it's still electrical tape numbers. Okay. Not everybody can afford graphics, kit, graphics okay. kits. <laughs> I, I would argue electrical tape look, look, looks better than the sticker that I had to run for my number on the number plate. This week. Okay. Yeah. Asher um, says I use electrical tape for all my races. It's always fun to count all the people with, the proper stickers you pass. I, I, I don't like doing math that much, but yeah. I, it, it was fun. Man, we have people from all over the place. I saw Montana, a few more, a few more um, Kingston. Oh, I know where Dean Kemp's from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Nevada. <laughs> yeah. We, we have, we have a few, few people from the, a little bit farther to the East. Yeah. 
So pretty cool. Um, everybody, yeah, thanks for joining in and uh, <clears throat> appreciate the support and and uh, and uh, stuff. So now is that it? We're, we're we've gone we've gone through the submissions. That's that's it. It's time to pick the winner of the two hundred dollar Taco Moto gift certificate. Yeah, we're giving it all away this time. You know what? I'm going to start doing this now. If they, if they all the submissions suck, mm-hmm. it's going to get rolled over to the next week. Well, we always said it's what the sh- it's whatever you want it to be. Yeah, <laughs> I make the rules, right? Right. <laughs> Uh, I have a winner in mind, but my my pain doesn't matter. I'm gonna I'm gonna go last. I'm gonna since it's my show. I'm going last. So Spencer, who wins? Mm, no, I'm not gonna decide who wins. Yeah, you do. You decide no. right now, and then yeah, we'll, we uh, decide. Uh, we decide hey, by committee before hey, he wait, vetoes it. Hey, well, the thing is, when I say I'm going last, I already know who's gonna win in my head. But oh. you know, you and, I, and you could potentially change my mind. Here I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a shot of tequila just to make it even easier tonight's uh, tequila. Uh, who who's are this I picked up in Cabo, but not on my uh, not on my whoops I got to move it over this way, not on my last trip because uh, I didn't have I had to fly with I had I bought the such the poor person plane ticket I couldn't even take a bag on the plane really t- only only my body that Spirit? was all, that was no it was a Mexican airline oh okay I flew inner I flew domestic Mexican nice yeah. It was good, but yeah, really cheap. Actually, the ticket could have been thirty-eight bucks, but since we didn't know what day we were leaving, I had to wait. Mm. Yeah, Cabo to Cabo to Tijuana for thirty-eight dollars. <laughs> so ended up costing one hundred and fifty in the end. So okay, Spencer, who wins? Well, I guess I would pick the the KTM in the desert. I don't know oh, what's going on. No, the one with the cactus Bre- in the picture. That was Brenda yep. Han- Brenda's bike. Hanson. Okay. That one was winning it for me. Yes. But we always say the winner is the one that brings you the most joy. Mm-hmm. And the electrical tape conversation brought me joy. So Jason Miller <laughs> is my winner. Because <laughs> maybe he can afford a graphics kit or at least number plates. I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm not going to kid you the electrical tape numbers. We're, we're, we're probably the highlight of that bike, which is really, really kind of horrible because that is, that, that would be a fun, fun bike to ride. And the fact that he's, that he's, he's ballsy enough to run a trials tire because these days, everybody, all the quote, the hardcore guys are all running gummies. And the only thing I noticed about guys that are, that don't know how to use a gummy is their tire wears out quicker and they dig bigger trenches. So Kudos to you for running a trials tire because you can't spin your tire with a trials tire. Not because mm-hmm. it doesn't spin, but but if it does, it doesn't work. So, good on that. I was really stoked on what's the guy's name who put his wife on the bike? Oh, Kenny Brown. Kenny Brown. And man, that 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 was a hard one to pull off. It was I was pretty close. I for her effort, I want to give it to you, but I can't go against my principles, and you mm-hmm. can't put any extra weight on a KTM kickstand. It's just, it's a bad example of a good roosting bike. He did so, send me another picture of her standing next to it. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So Kenny, guess what? You get to blame Matt. Yeah. No, for, no, no. He for just picking, sent it. For, oh, he just picked. He just, just sent it. Just said it. Yeah. Are, you think they're watching the show by the lake right now? <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> no, it'd be dark out there. Yeah. <laughs> ready to, ready to live, live stream your, your yeah. rooster. I thing. Uh, I'm you go- can't change your submission photo though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going with I'm going with Brenda. Is it Brenda? It's Brenda. Brenda. Yeah. I'm going with Brenda. A, she's been active in the chat. B, mm-hmm. I, I like that that her bike, she's keeping her bike running. I guarantee there's some cool stuff at Taco Mo that she could use. 
it made Spencer happy and Spencer picked it. Mm-hmm. And it was my second. I think I think that's good. So yeah, Brenda, I think you 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 won two to two to one because Matt Matt's vote doesn't really even count around here. Yeah, I'm just the producer. <laughs> yeah. So uh good good job, Spencer. <laughs> you picked the right one. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're so a Brenda, win, you're, you're a winner Hansen, too. Go ahead and email me and I will we will get you set up with that Takamoto gift certificate. Thank you. Yeah, it's two hundred dollars this time. So yeah. yeah, just so so now now we're gonna have people waiting until we get a whole bunch of bad submissions until we mm-hmm. have to roll it over. Could you imagine if it rolled over like three or four times? We, oh if, my we, God. if we start getting really picky just to just to yeah. up the ante. Well, <laughs> the, the problem is, is so we're doing like five a show mm-hmm. and I could see just this is just me talking about like the dynamics. I could just like just be a real prick and just not not win. Nobody wins. So you have like 15 or 20 people and one happy person. Mm-hmm. Isn't that how you make satisfied customers? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so she's gonna she see she's she's gonna use the money already. She tells us in the chat to rebuild the bike again this summer. Yep, so yeah, awesome. ride the wheels off of it and uh, have a have a have a good one. And if you have any questions uh, during that rebuild, just let us know. Yeah, it, actually, if you, <laughs> I I I parted out a three ninety or three sixty, I think that's what they were at that time. Uh, so if you need any weird quirky parts for that particular bike, I have one that's pretty much framed. I actually stole the washers off of. The clutch for my Husaberg, uh, by the way, <laughs> when I'm when I was rebuilding that clutch, and I still need. If anybody knows where I can get a Husaberg 650 internal clutch basket, made in Sweden, by the way, uh, yeah, let me know. So, oh, she has a 97 360 as well. It's your favorite bike. How the hell can you jet it, jet that thing? <laughs> Those are hard bikes to jet. Uh, okay. Any other? Do we have any other questions up in the chatter? Uh, not necessarily in the chat. I do have some. Oh, we have some on the sheet here. Yeah, we still have some in the sheet. So Sean Elliott had a second question after his uh, magnetic one, which was, why does Dakar keep having water enter their uh, their fuel? Um, <laughs> it depends on who you ask. <laughs> uh, because water in the fuel happens because they they transport it in drums. And who knows how long the drums have been sitting out. And, and of course, when it was raining up there, you know, if you, it, it's raining and, and maybe the drum is hot and then a rain shower comes in and it's cold and the cap isn't tight and the top of the drum, uh, has water sitting on it. And then it cools down and sucks, not air. Now it sucks water right into it. That's one way that can happen. Uh, water can actually pass through the metal somehow. Am I right in this Spencer? Like if you have a drum sitting on a cement floor, yeah, I think wa- moisture I think can. I mean, I'm not entirely sure, but I think there's yeah, some I've, kind of. Like you never really want to have a drum just sitting solid on a cement floor. I always slide a small piece of wood underneath mine so there's air venting underneath it because the because the moisture can condense underneath there, and mm-hmm. and and I've heard that, uh, yeah, it does that. Oh, she used an electron carburetor. That's how she jetted her KTM 360. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you sure as hell couldn't do it with the uh, with the old Kian, and I don't think the Makuni was any better. Uh, <laughs> it was a hard bike to jet. They just didn't have the right kind of uh, you know uh, con- con- condensation buildup internally. Yeah, and and like if if you're dealing with like a fuel that's a non-ethanol fuel, and I'm pretty sure in Saudi Arabia they're probably not ethanol fuel. Uh, there's no place for that water to go. Uh, the ethanol will actually absorb it and stuff. So it goes, it ends up down at the bottom. So these tanks, they load them out of the truck. They sit, the water goes down. They drop the pump in there. It pulls off the bottom and water goes into the first bit is water. So, so that's why you, (laughs) 
you'll notice that nobody wants to pull into the fuel pump first. You wait for somebody else to get gas first. Uh, or you, you're, if you're smart, you actually have them raise the pump up out of the drum and then pull. This is stuff that you should know. I mean, I, I knew this back in the day, but I also had carburetors. They were called bings. And my carburetors held on with a big clip that would you'd pop the clip in the bowl. And since my two carburetors, because I was on a twin cylinder bike, I didn't ride these little girly bikes these guys do today, Ricky. Um, I would actually pull the clip and I would just take the bowl and I'd dump it out. And all, and not only the, the the water and the gas, the dirty stuff in the gas, that would fall out too. And if it, it made the float stick, I could just pull the thing out, drop the clip, pop it back in. And in about three minutes, I could drain all my gas, dirty gas and water out and I could keep going. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But anyway, they didn't uh, beat up a bunch of tires of, in that thing. Oh, my, my twin cylinder bike that yeah. made 140 horsepower. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't make mooses very well. <laughs> well actually, uh, it's a bad story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like uh, the career ending injuries because of that shit. I think. I don't know. And maybe because I, if I was a better rider, I probably wouldn't hit the ditch. Who knows? Uh, right. so okay. we're going to skip one of the ones here. Cause I thought it was a question and it was just a comment. So on XT 250 review, I know you didn't ride this bike, but the question I have ridden it. Okay. So then you can answer this question, which I already know the answer to. I'm pretty sure Russ Hughes was asking, can you jump it? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> like what, what motorcycle can you not jump? Like you can jump any motorcycle you can jump the cheapest piece mm -hmm. of junk chinese motorcycle you can jump it the landing is what we have to talk yep. about continue <laughs> uh he's a first-time rider he's deciding between the honda 300l and the yamaha xt250 thank you my two cents is the 250 xt250 just for the oh, weight. boy um ryan russ uh as a first-time rider and the fact that you want to jump these these are the wrong bikes to be looking at uh, 100%. Unless for some reason you need a license plate. Because <laughs> I'm trying to correlate jumping and XT and CRF, you know, L. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, because there's, even if, even if it was like the, you get the CRF F, the 250F, or mm -hmm. you could get the. Uh, TTR. The, the TTR, yeah, the same. You get the same sort of bikes and a little more dirt trim, which will which will jump and land a little bit better. Not much, better. but not much. <laughs> yeah, <it's good. laughs> uh, so I don't know why you're jumping on 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 the anyways. So boy, I, I'm trying to think out of the box because between those two things, if you were going to jump them, uh, they're they're the same. There's no there's no difference. It depends on what color you like to see when you're jumping mm -hmm. <laughs> or whichever photo will look better when yeah. you're jumping. But I would honestly look at seeing if you could buy something like an older, an older used dual sport bike. That's, that's, you know, maybe like an older KTM that has a license plate or something that was based a little bit more off of a competition bike, or maybe, maybe he's short or something and he's worried about, Thing, or maybe he's a kid that's moving up. I don't have enough. I don't have enough uh, Russ information to actually answer. <laughs> make this, but I'm guessing kid with the jump and maybe just moving up and wanting something that he can ride around town. Probably like a young teenager. You know. You know what? You know what might be actually pretty cool at that. At that is 
potentially like one of those Suron kind of things. Those one of the electric kind of yeah, bikes because because yeah. they're a little bit mountain bikey. That might work. Do you have kids ripping around town and stuff on those things? Your, does that happen in your world yet? Yeah, I've seen a few, but not many. Yeah, that's, I don't that's know what starting they are. to hit. They're they're like these little electric half mountain bike, half motorcycle things. They got super um, popular in certain places, like over in Hawaii. Everybody's riding them, yeah. and and for sure there that they make a lot of sense, uh, but. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, yeah. Use DRZ Suzuki DRZ mm-hmm. 400 would be a pretty good bike for him. Also, uh, if he's looking for a little more jumpy. Hey, next time we ask, uh, next time we have big John on the show, we'll have to ask him about his KLR jump. <laughs> he, he can tell you how good KLRs jump. Not very well. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, maybe <laughs> running from the cops. What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if if you have a good Dukes of Hazard, oh, seat. that's oh, so he wants a bike that he can run from the cops. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's yeah, ringers uh, off. That's good. <laughs> ringers, you know what? I don't even have mine off. It's lucky yeah. you told me that, Matt. Jeez. Yeah. For the last seven minutes of the show, which don't we have a product of the week, Jimmy? Product of the week. Oh yeah, is that a segment we do on this show? Yeah, about brought to you by Bulletproof Designs. Okay, so Bulletproof Designs is proud to let you know about this. Is something I just got in the mail the other day. All right, which is pretty cool. Go to the Jimmy Cam. So Trail Tech has a little new product. This, and it's funny because I was just showing a bunch of guys on my mountain bike ride something very much just like this that I've been carrying around. Mm-hmm. But this is a portable air pump. And and it also, it, it, it'll recharge your iPhone and stuff like this. But so what it has, it's this, it's this little box, it's basically a battery. And it has an LED screen, it's a digital. And then you have this little, and I'm getting it out here now with the instructions and then you have this little thing here that's the cable and you basically not cable but the uh the thing you screw it in there screw it on your tire screw it in push the button and it will pump your tire up so it's a trail tech thing it's a new thing uh, i wonder if it makes noise or anything like that but actually i gotta pull this screen off here there it goes oh i gotta turn it on there we go on there we go and you can set the pressure like right now it's set for 38. So it's obviously set for a street bike tire, mm-hmm. but I could, I could actually just, you know, bring that thing down, like set it to 12, hook it on my bike, go. Yeah. And then you have your air pressure and I haven't used this one yet, but I have one for a mountain bike. That's about half this size. Okay. Light, super lightweight one. And I've used it on motorcycle rides before. And I'm kind of, you know, I, I remember I talked about how cool it was and, you know, next thing you know, Trail Tech comes out with them, which is super awesome. This feels like, based on the battery weight and stuff, that it would do like three to four motorcycle tires. Because my my mountain bike one will do one and a half motorcycle tires. And how do I know this? <laughs> uh, putting the test on dirt bike test? No, because we had uh, we had um, more than one flat tire. In it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, it did one and a half. And it saved me a lot of the pumping with the little teeny tiny, you know, pump that I yeah, carry around. Yeah. So... Uh, but anyways, uh, Trail Tech bringing you this new pump. Go to trailtech.net is where you can find their stuff. Trail Tech, of course, they sponsor the show. They make the Voyager Pro GPS unit. Check out the new aluminum docks. If you've been having problems with your plastic dock for your Voyager Pro, the new aluminum one has in, in improved springs inside of it. So we don't have the charging issues that you can have with the older ones. So uh, go to trailtech.net to check that kind of stuff out. What else do we have to do before it's your uh, bedtime, Matt? Spencer's bedtime. Well, uh, I don't know if there's any stories you guys wanted to share, but 
Oh, you wanted to hear you wanted to hear what was the, what was the what was the the best part about living at my house, Spencer? I guess just uh you never knew what what you were going to do like you know, riding wise or cuz I come home on a Friday night and you're frantically looking for uh you know, laundry jugs or bleach jugs to carry gas. I'm like, "Where what are you doing?" He's like, I'm going to go for uh, a ride and I, I go 220 miles without fuel going to death Valley. And you're like, I'm, I'm thinking you're nuts. You're going Friday night, stretching fuel to death Valley and no cell phones, by the way. Yeah. No cell phone by yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's just, just another Friday night, I guess. Yeah. Hey, did I have did I have the skateboard ramp in the backyard? Oh yeah, when you lived there. Yeah, we built that. <laughs> yeah, skateboard ramp in the backyard. Do, do, were you there when it got torn down? No, no, it was still up when you left. Yeah, yeah, because we progressed to a mini bike track with an over and under bridge. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. I remember the mini bike track. Yeah, I think I came <laughs> so, over for that. But um, yeah, but, but yeah, like going down the sheep hills and. Is that yeah, we still there? Jump, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's still there. Yeah. It's all it's all legit now. It's like a county park, and they let the kids, you know, build the jumps and do all this stuff. So pretty pretty cool. Uh, worst part of living there, <laughs> probably watching me work on motorcycles. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't remember anything too bad. Just yeah, the, the little garage was a struggle. Yeah, because you made so, it bigger, right? So, well, yeah, I ended up tearing. So I tore down the the single car garage and cut the cut the pushed the house halfway into where that garage used to be, and then we built a two car garage in the back. That's when I think that was around the time that the the mini bike track showed up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just there's a lot of construction, a lot of stuff going on at that at that time. So Josh wants to know: Does Spencer still ride? And if so, what is he on? Well, I have two bikes. Um, I have the bike that. I built for Dirt Rider back when, uh, I don't know, I think you were still there. And I, I, yeah, I would hope so. (laughs) Yeah. I don't remember the years or whatever, but uh, it was before I left Kawasaki and I was building that two stroke um, in a 450 frame, two stroke 250. And I got it uh, probably 85% and it was all out of destroy bark. Destroy bike parts. So the frame was, you know, a prototype or whatever. And so luckily, when I left Kawasaki, they were just like, we don't want to know anything about it because it really had no, it needed to be destroyed, but they let me have it because, yeah, it was all, it was all crushers, crusher parts, correct? Yeah. yeah. So, so I got that still. And, um, and then I, I, and I remember, I remember you, you, you had it. I knew you were building it and you wouldn't let me ride it because you thought I wanted to do a story about it. You know, you, you well, and I did, I would definitely wanted to. <laughs> yeah. You, you, and you built it for that, but you didn't want me to ride it until it was done. And I just wanted to ride it just to see where it was at. Cause you were like, I don't even know if this thing's going to work. Yeah. And, and I, I think you ended up, did let me ride it once before you brought it out to did you bring it what to the twenty four hour test or something? Yeah, yep, yeah. But it wasn't. No it wasn't. It. 
Yeah, it wasn't run as like one of our our test bikes. It was just out there to kind of ride and do something with. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember it was a little it, – it needed some work. You yeah. know, it was good. It was – I mean, it was Santa. Like when you looked at it, everything about it was that's the way you should do this because we, we'd had – and you'd known this because i bring them home. They'd be in the garage. We'd have like, you know, CR500s that were dropped into CRF250F chassis and things. And, yeah. and you, you just look at the welds and all the stuff like that. Like Spencer's bike was so – everything was just super tight. But I, I remember riding it and you could – you. Well, the, the good thing, the good and the bad thing, an aluminum frame tells you how crappy two-stroke motors were in balance and vibration and all this stuff. It it highlighted it, but it just felt like that motor needed to be moved around a little bit in the chassis. And then also some of the rigidity, like like you talk about, like frame flex. It was just, it wasn't, the motor was, it was probably about the same weight as a, of a, as a KX250F, correct? Yeah, well, the thing is, uh, I, looking back, um, I tied the the um, the back, the steering head. I tied it kind of like what I was telling you with the uh, the YZ four fifty. It's pretty much solid right there. So I I needed to do so I need to do something that with that because it's um, it doesn't have like engine hangers coming down. It's pretty solid. So, yeah. Do, and and you, have you seen where KTM is now bolting their engine hangers? You know, they're not coming off that top spar frame. They're coming way off the back oh, tube really? and they're big and they're big and long and they're almost coming from the, you know, the back part of the triangle as opposed to the upper part of the triangle where was always typical, like where head stays. Um, so, yeah, so that was, uh, there's a lot of geometry and flex and, stuff it makes makes um uh, makes a big difference yeah so have you so you, that's your one bike oh, and what's your other one uh ktm uh 300 i don't know the terminology is it ex something xcw it's two stroke right yeah two stroke yeah yeah and but carbureted no fuel injected oh you got the fuel inject one I think it's, oh uh, 18 i believe 2008? Probably 19. 19, maybe. Like, oh, maybe, they, maybe they had. I think 250s, they had an 18, and then 19 was when they started having the 300s. You, you could probably correct me on that, but yeah, I got one of those. Those are That's a good bike. Yeah. I actually got it from a friend of mine in Arizona. He had a plate on it. I'm trying to figure out how to put a plate on in South Carolina, so I don't know if, if that's possible. Well, I've I've heard, I don't know about South Carolina, but I have some friends up in Philly. I heard if you can ride a wheelie at 12 o'clock that you don't have to have a license plate because yeah. I can't see it. Yeah. So <laughs> I got some kids down the street here that think the same things, but they tend to not have fenders on their bikes anymore because they loop out a lot. But <laughs> so no, cool. Uh, and you got you got some good, good trails in your area. I know this. Yes. Yeah, I yeah, wish good, I, good I, I got to ride more, but um, it, it definitely hurts that we don't have the track because um, I, you know, I had the trails all over the JGRMX uh, property. And unfortunately, that's sold and no longer. But, but yeah, yeah. You, you're you're also you're also running the skid steer. 
on that thing. Just keeping Kids that track up. Excavator, bulldozer. Yeah, that was kind of fun. Hey, you know, we're building a motocross track out here in Pahrump. Town. Our town is actually the county. Oh, really? And the town are building a motocross track. So uh, when we get that done, I'll have to have you come out and tune that thing up for us. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't know anything about I I was driving a tractor today, but all I can do is smash into bushes <laughs> and then drag bushes around. <laughs> I'm good at that. Kind of like, you know, my whole life is yeah. smashing into stuff. Dave Donnelly has one last question. Before we let you go, Spencer, he says, Spencer had a great point about stretching out fuel to Death Valley. What's the best way to maximize your fuel mileage? Who are you asking? Me? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Carry a bunch of of extra gas and just turn the throttle like it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, I I, I don't turn the throttle that far. That's the best way to maximize your fuel mileage. Uh, Bikes... There's certain there's a certain point that I've found where bikes are like I'll call it volumetrically efficient. Like there's a there's a speed and a gear ratio and an RPM and stuff where you can actually you can actually stretch it out. And what's interesting is a lot of the bikes now that have this instant miles per gallon stuff on the adventure bikes, like my Tenere does. It's amazing. And it was exactly what I what I always felt is when you're is when you're you're kind of like low throttle position and medium RPM. It's just where the, I think it's kind of where the torque is sort of peaked out, you know, five, 6,000 RPM. And, uh, and the bike just goes and you don't have to really roll into the throttle that heavy to kind of keep it going. When you start realizing the more you roll in, the less acceleration you get, that's bad. So I don't know what the, that's, that's, I've always just felt it because there's places where like, we were saying I had to stretch out 200 miles of range into 240 miles of range somehow. <laughs> so anyways, uh, well, right on. I'm Spencer. You're uh, you, you, Matt's really impressed with you as a, as a, as a co-host. It was cool hearing, uh, old JGR stories, old JGR, man. I, he's probably got a lot of them. It's yeah. funny. Cause after we do these shows, you, you always say, man, I wish we would have <laughs> talked about this and that. So when you remember those, we'll bring you back. Yeah. Tell all the crazy, the crazy stories. Uh, I know you've worked with a lot of crazy riders and probably seen uh, way more, way more stuff. I should probably get a collection of pictures of all the cool things he built. I know I still have some Spencer things uh, <laughs> laying around like that. That helmet is up in the, it's up on the rafters here Oh, is it? in the collector's collector's item. And I just bring it out to show the kids when they, when they start talking about, oh, we're going to go pro this. And I'm like, here, put this on. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I'll show him that I'll show him that that Dumont Dunes footage. I remember of, uh, at one time uh, we got from Mojave Bob, we got a lipstick can out of the we were so the, the, we were so pumped that we had the <laughs> actual lipstick yeah, it was, cam. It was a lipstick camera. It was in the nose of a of a of a thing that was supposed to crash or blow up. Usually Mojave Bob is actually sitting in here. But I've obviously scared him away so he doesn't come and hang out. He used to come in live for the shows. He lives here in Prop now. Uh, but it was in something that's sort of like exploded or whatever. And they and but they recovered it and it came out of it. And Bob just kind of had it. And he's like, here, take this. But we had to, here's the problem. We had to plug it into a full size VHS deck recorder that ran off a 12 volt battery. So remember the lipstick cam was cool because all of a sudden all that weight was off your head. But what was in our back? Yeah. Remember, like we couldn't carry like food up into the mountains because we had to carry this, this high eight, or it was actually a, uh, it was a, it was recording on this, it was called a months. 
was the recorder that we were recording off of and uh with a with a 12 volt battery inside and i think you even made something so we actually wired it up to the bike i don't remember but i i i I still we still have that really good video of jason hitting his hand on a tree and breaking his finger oh yeah i remember him lipstick camera like he cried (laughs) or or i made baby sounds on the video i'm going to show matt those so he won't respect you as much after i show him the videos okay (laughs) so anyways hey thanks for coming on uh good catching up uh i i I would if i ever make it out to uh north or south carolina i would love to come and visit yep and ride your trails and same uh, goes if you show up out here um i've got a i've got a husaberg 570 with your name on it yeah So maybe a 650 if I get this thing put back together. So everybody, thanks for joining in. Um, thanks for enjoying our show. Uh, I'd like to thank Double Take Mirrors, Boltproof Design, Seat Concepts, Fast Company, Trail Tech, DDC, Climb, Scott Sports, Takamoto, and of course Yamaha. Did they give us a read yet? No, no, we don't have I, a read. We were trying to track down some more important stuff. Okay, yeah, like checks. Yeah, it's all good. Mm-hmm. We'll get a we'll get a read, but they do have a commercial on our show. Hey, Spencer, uh, good to see you. And next time we will see you out in the trail. Cheers. See you.